Hey, it's another Svelte Radio episode. Woo! Hey, everyone. Hey. 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 That was pretty weak. <laughs> that, was very, that was very weak. That was very quiet. Not ready for your energy. <laughs> I didn't know if we were supposed to say hi or... <laughs> you were. You were. All right. Great start. So, yep. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of uh, Svelte Radio. I'm sure you know that you're listening to Svelte Radio already, but uh, this is Svelte Radio. And uh, this, today... Sorry, is this Svelte Radio? Just, just yeah, sorry, Anthony, you're, you're, you're in the wrong place. I don't know, I'm ah. sorry. Yeah. So this week, we have uh, two new people here. Uh, one is a guest. We have Jeff Rich, Ooh. which is... The other rich. The other rich. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a new host, Brittany. I'm Yay! sure you all know know her already. She's on the what's the podcast called? Coding Perfect Dev is the podcast. Um, yes, Coding Cat right. Dev is yep. where the content that we put out. But yeah, I've been on the podcast a couple times, mainly because of the Spelt Sirens. Yep. But I also just started a new gig at Netlify as a developer experience engineer. And this is kind of like what I do day to day. It's like creating content, building fun things, and then we still do engineering rotations. So it's pretty cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. I guess we'll hear a bit about that in a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we have Jeff here. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, I'm happy to be here. It's, it, I got to say, it's going to be a little weird because I normally listen to you guys at one and a half speed. So it's like you're talking... Really slow <laughs> being here in person. Oh yeah, I do I, the I, same thing. Yeah, same. So I'm well, just I, I don't really listen. How are you doing? <laughs> there, Hi. there we go. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Everyone sounds drunk if you go from like two x down to one x. It is yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I saw that during the summit because I got a little behind and I was trying to catch up. And then eventually you hit the wall where it's live again. And you're like, oh, everyone's talking slow. <laughs> I'm going to talk really, really slowly so that when you listen at one point five, I sound normal. Yeah, that that'll be a big help. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jeff, who are you? Yeah. Um, hello, I'm Jeff. So I am, sorry, cat just jumped into a box. So I am a senior <laughs> software engineer do. at Alaska Airlines, which is a regional airline here in the United States. And I am also a frequent blogger uh, about Svelte. I've been doing that for probably about a year and a half now. And a recent addition to the Svelte core team. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Ooh. Congratulations. Thank you. I, yeah, it was yeah. really exciting. And not expected. Um, so, it's well right. deserved. Well, thank you. Cool. Now, so, is it true that your surname you, you you gave yourself that surname in tribute to Rich Harris? It, I mean, that's partly true. Yeah, it was, it was actually an undercover operation. It's like if I if I at least match the man in name, you know, it's more likely that um, I'll appear more knowledgeable about Svelte and be more likely to be accepted. Yeah. So, and you'll oh, become maintainer. That's that's why we kind yeah, of added you. It's the long game. Because, mm-hmm. It's been going on yeah. for years. It's working out well. Nice. Nice. Started even before you were born, yeah. probably. No, my, my, this was the goal. My parents had a plan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they knew, they knew Svelte was going to be yeah, a thing? premonition. Wow. Oh, That's some pretty stock cool. in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you mentioned Alaska Airlines. Uh, what do you do there? Do you just, uh, do you work with Svelte, or do you... Uh... Yeah, so, I mean, at Alaska Airlines, um, I'm a full-stack engineer there, so I touch the back end and the front end. Um, and yeah, we use Svelte for some things. So we're currently in the process of breaking up our big monolith into smaller microsites owned by independent teams, independently deployable. Um, and for a couple of the microsites my team owns, we've chosen to go with Svelte for that. Um, so we have a, a few small Svelte sites in production right now. 
um, which is which is exciting. Uh, it's nice being able to work on Svelte at work, which I know not everyone has the opportunity to. Is yeah. that micro front ends or is that completely separate sites? I think it's I think it's not a micro front end. Um, it's a micro site because we're not pulling in different parts from other teams. Mm. We're it's like an independently deployable site that gets proxied. So if you go to a URL starting with this, you're being served this microsite. If you go to a different URL, you're being served a completely different microsite. Hmm. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So th- that's pretty interesting. I never think that like an airline has so many websites, but I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you think about it, there's just like so an- much, you know, there's there's booking, there's actually viewing your reservation information, there's accounts, oh, right. there's flight status, there's operational stuff. And the airline business, there's there's so much uh, deep business logic and knowledge that there's just a lot going on. How do you deal with things like shared, like style, like shared CSS across sites? Yeah. Um, so we actually have a we have a design system that's been in progress for a few years now. Um, actually built on on web components because of that microsite nature. You know, my team using Svelte. There's another team using React. We still have legacy.net code. Um, so we needed a deliverable there that could be used across all teams instead of having the design system team build a separate version for each framework people are using. So yeah, we have we have shared design system components built using web components, and then we also have shared. There's some shared base CSS that uh, the newer projects can pull in. Nice. Do you know if that's published as like is that an npm package? That's what I did at my previous job, so I'm very into design systems and how they work at other places. Yes, that's actually a big thing. Our our the lead on the design system really wanted it to be open source, so it's all open source. Um, if you go to a u r o oro um, you can see everything there. Uh, that's that's being built. And it's we, all on GitHub we as well. Drop a link to that. Oro dot, what was the e address? Oro dot alaskaair.com. So, I mean, since you work for Alaska Air, do you live in Alaska? That's a frequent question, but no. Um, <laughs> I live I live south of Seattle. And actually our, our main oh. hub is in uh, SeaTac, Seattle area. So Oh. Yeah, most of our there are people in Alaska, and I think it's Alaska because that's where we where we started. It's um, where some of the first airlines were. But we're we're all around the West Coast, so not just Alaska. That kind yeah. of makes sense for an airline to have a hub on the mainland. Well, I mean, Alaska is the mainland, but it's away. Yeah, from we, the mainland. we still fly a lot of flights to Alaska, and Alaska is still a big part of our business. But our hub is is in Seattle. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. So, being a, a Svelte maintainer now, what uh, what do you do? Yeah, so I mean, since I've become a Svelte maintainer, I haven't done that much all exciting. It's not like I can be like, oh, look at this big new feature I shipped. Um, and it, it's basically what I was doing before. So looking at issues, responding to issues where I have feedback or have something to add or asking for reproduction there. The the biggest thing is probably providing feedback around some accessibility things um, as they come up. Uh, one thing in particular, the Svelte kit docs got a, a search bar. And, and as Rich was working on that PR, he was asking me to, to take a look at it from an accessibility perspective, and I was able to give some feedback there. And then, yeah, I mean, the biggest difference is there's now I'm in the, the maintainer's chat, so I can see a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff and, and get to look at a few things before they're actually out there as an issue or whatnot. But yeah, it's mostly, mm. mostly those uh, smaller contributions right now. Yeah, cool. Do you, uh, do you see yourself contributing something bigger, I guess, is, is how I maybe... Yeah, I, uh, I potentially. I mean, I think the main thing, 
you know, I've, I've just been busy lately and haven't been able to get back to it. But one thing I'm interested in is getting better reduced motion support in Svelte, um, which I had a Svelte Summit talk about that last year. Um, yep. And for those who don't know, you know, Svelte has built-in transitions that let you animate things in and out of the page. And one thing you need to do yourself if you're using them is try to take into account, oh, this person is motion sensitive and requested reduced motion, so I should adjust the transitions accordingly. Um, and right now, you know, it's not hard to do, but you have to know how to do it and you have to like build it in yourself. And I would love to see something like that become part of Svelte Core that we can teach alongside in the tutorial saying here, pull in this or use it like this. And just out of the box, you will be taking this into account or it'll be very easy for you to make the decision um, what to replace. That so, would be a great addition as a modifier or something. Oh, yeah. Do you do it with prefers reduced motion, the CSS, or how do you yeah, do it? Yeah, so it's because Svelte transitions are, they're a mix between CSS and JavaScript. Right now, I use a custom Svelte store that checks the media query, um, and then you can like use a reactive statement to change from like a fly to a fade transition. Um, so that's kind of how you have to do it now. There is an open issue around this better support. Uh, where I and another maintainer went back and forth a few months ago about different options for this. Yeah, whether that's a a modifier on the transition, like transition reduced, or what that should look like. Um, so there's some ideas floating around out there. And yeah, I think I think the main benefit for that is just having a, a, a blessed way in the docs where we can say, you know, reduce motion is important, and you know, add this line or two, and here's how you do it. Um, instead of copy this code and put this in a file and do all this, just a few more steps. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say like and you also mentioned it there that you used a custom store. I think the issue with reduced motion support is is that it's not a one liner solution, right? You kind of need to adapt it depending on what you're doing in your application. Yeah, and that's where I think some people suggested, "Oh, could we could we automatically swap out this transition for another like all the time just by default?" And yeah, like you said there there's some nuance there where it's not, there's not a right or wrong answer. It, it depends on you and your users and your application. Yeah. yeah. It's just more difficult to do right now in Svelte. So there are ways that Svelte could take that boilerplate code that you kind of have to write away. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's difficult, but it's just something you have to know about. And I think at minimum, what we should do is take, you know, it's like a, a 10 line store that tracks whether reduced motion is enabled. Like, I think it'd be a good idea to at least take that and just include that in Svelte Core, like we have the spring and tween stores. So at least have that as a built-in, so you don't have to copy that code, you can just import the built-in store. And then, yeah, maybe there's yeah. something we could do around directives, making that even easier. There's also the issue of like having like reduced motion. That that doesn't mean no motion. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like you're quoting my talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder where I got it from. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing where, yeah, not all transitions are bad. And if, you know, like the fade doesn't involve motion, so that's perfectly fine. So that's where, yeah, Brittany, you mentioned yeah. the CSS snippet, where you could, you've probably seen in a lot of CSS resets where if reduce motion, like animation none, transition none, all that stuff. And that works as like a blunt instrument, but it's also beneficial to have more nuance and on a case-by-case -case basis be like, oh, this should be this transition, this should be swapped out for this instead. Cool, yeah. All right, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, what's it been like so far? Is it nice seeing all the secret stuff that's going on behind the closed doors? that we other mortals can't see? No, yeah, it's been nice so far. Like I said, you know, I, I feel like I haven't done all that much, um, but it's just, uh, and I think I've only been at maybe one maintainer meeting so far, but it's it's just cool being involved and seeing all the hard work everyone else is putting into this as well and just makes me more excited about Svelte. 
I went looking for the search bar that you added because that's something that people have been wanting for a long time. So you added it to the Svelte Kit site. Is there a plan to do it to the Svelte Docs? Because I didn't see it on there. Yeah, well, well, Rich added it. I just offered feedback. But yeah, I think oh. there's a, an open issue on... If I, I remember correctly, yeah. I think Svelte Docs will, will need to get an overhaul at some point because right now they're in the single page format. So I, I don't know if the search bar will come because right now you can control F yes. for it. But I think if eventually the Svelte Docs get split up like the Svelte Kit Docs, then the search bar would be implemented. I'm 99% sure Rich mentioned this in his Svelte Summit talk, annoyed, annoying things about Svelte. Yeah, no, but I think you're right. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Take it from the other Rich. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from the Rich's mouth. <laughs> oh, that's great. How many how many Riches are gonna are we going to add to the maintainers uh, list? Well, you're actually going to have to, All maintainers are going to have to start changing their name. Like if you don't have Rich in your name, like you're, oh, yeah. you're second class. It's rich Anthony Rich now. Or that, yeah. Yes, that way is better. <laughs> rich, rich Anthony, Anthony Rich. I'm not sure which. Oh, it's all rhyming. <laughs> all right. What else is there to talk about with regards to maintaining and being a maintainer? Do you have inside information on 1.0? There's no like date that maintainers know about that the, oh, the general public does. We're just not telling I anyone. Just have to Brit- ask. Brittany, Brittany, that's just what they're saying. They don't want to tell us. They don't want to tell us. It was going to come at Spell Summit. I was like, they're building up all this anticipation yeah. and it's going to come. I think, I think anybody who was to try and join the maintainers or strive to be a maintainer for the privilege of getting the inside information in the maintainers channel would be sorely, sorely disappointed because really there's not a lot of information in there. It's 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 fairly slow moving compared to all the other channels in, in the Discord. Um, you, uh, and the information is really not it there's nothing privileged in there. Like this is open source by the book. It's open. Something's happening. There's right. gonna be so, an issue created. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. So you so you guys don't have to turn on uh, slow mode in Discord? Because oh, no. there's so many messages. Just no, I turn on mute mode. Mute mode for everything. <laughs> I have to do the same thing to channels that I'm not, I don't want to be notified about. It gets crazy. Yeah. I've actually just turned off like notifications in Discord. I, I only have it for like, I think one one or two channels and then for private DMs, I think. Yeah, I'm, I moved my company to it, so I can't really I can't really turn notifications off. So I have to kind of mute all the open source stuff and then check it at my leisure rather than be notified every single time someone mentions my name, yeah. which is more often than I think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. one thing to mention about maintaining, and I think, you know, Rich talked about this at the summit, uh, just to impress on people the importance of a good reproduction in an issue report. Um, and I've seen this in Svelte, and I've seen this, you know, our design system is open source, and even people inside the company opening issues, if you don't understand what they want, then it's going to be really hard to fix it. So it goes both for bug reports where you want to provide a good reproduction and then also feature requests. Don't just say, add this feed, like, please add this attribute that does this, like help maintainers understand your context and why you want it. Um, Because otherwise, you know, especially in shared code bases, it's not just you. It's not like an internal thing where you can make whatever changes you want. Um, Shared code bases have a lot of external implications. Yeah. Everything's got price, right? So if it's a bug, like investigating it is, is one of the big price, you know, big, big ticket things. It's like, if we've got to dig around to recreate it ourselves, unless it seems really important, we're just not going to have time to do that. So it's going to probably get ignored. And I think the other thing is for a new feature, the price is 
sure, this is a cool feature, but how does it affect the learning curve for, for Svelte? How does it impact the, you know, the, the sort of sprawl of the API and the docs and everything else and testing and, you know, all this kind of stuff comes at a cost. So realistically, you've got to justify, you've got to kind of like fight for, fight for the future you want almost. I think that's a great point. It's like the Svelte elements that just got added was in there as an issue for two years or something. Yeah. Like it got debated over for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. also fleshing out. It's getting the API right. I mean, you, you know, you look at the Svelte API and you can see it's very clean and neat and concise. And that's the result of a lot of thought and small implementation time. You know, this this is this is something that there are other frameworks. I can't pinpoint one specifically. I don't think any of the big ones, but where stuff just gets added and added and added and added. And, you know, luckily not having any kind of financial backing uh, of any sort, Svelte doesn't ha- cave to those pressures, but ones that have a big company behind them perhaps just have to do the next thing that's needed. And then you've got 10 ways to do the same thing and it's pretty painful. Yeah, I think there was a discussion today about like those uh, inline components. And I'm, I, I don't like them. I don't like them. Inline components being multiple... Well, you mean- yeah, so 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 like a like a smaller template that you can reuse inside of your component. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. fragments almost. Yeah, kind of. Oh, clues in the name. Started on fragments. Single <laughs> file component. Yeah. Single file components. Good... <laughs> nope. <Yeah>. Single <laughs> file component. End. Single file component. Enter. <laughs> like backslash n. Full stop on the end. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> well, not full stop because then it could be like dot multi. I know I'm getting carried away. Is there a better point for fragments? Like, what is their point? Uh, like spelt fragments. I think it's yeah. Yeah, because like in React, you have a fragment just because JSX is JSX. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think the the one use case would be like if you're doing a like an each thing. And you want to? I, I forget the good example. Oh, does anyone know it? Guys... Well, if you had if you had each with different types of objects in there, right? And yes, they needed a slightly different layout each. I can see the need for it, but I would be making multiple components within a single folder to organize that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it's just it's so trivial, and you can do it with start with preprocess anyway. You can use a preprocessor to do this for you. So if you really want them, you can have them. Yeah. So so there. There was also a comment about, I think, testing or something about slots. I, I, I have uh, run into that one before where like, I want to test a component, but I, I need like a little bit of interactivity around it, like a dialogue. Like I need a button to open and close it. So I have to create like a separate component just that contains the dialogue and a button for the test to interact with. Um, so I can see that right. one, but it sounded like I saw something in the Discord, like there's an inline way to do it in, in VTest or something. Um, just to like for yeah, your test, have a little fixture in line there. Um, Could make, but sense. I think that's separate than from the multi-file, multi-component file discussion, because that would yeah. be inside a test file. Yeah, that's true. Right. All right. Do you guys want to talk about the the big happening of the of the year so far? Until the next one. Yes. Do you, do do you, yeah exactly. Do you know what it is? It's obviously Svelte Summit Spring. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It's all over Twitter. <laughs> it's gone yeah, down in so history. It was Spiral. a lot of fun. And there there weren't any... Uh, oh, wait, there was one technical issue. 
with the with the audio uh, and some spam bots. Oh, there yeah, were spam bots. I, oh. I, you can't blame that one on me, right? No, <laughs> no, that's no. not my fault. I thought it went really well for like his historical felt something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, mic. I actually, I, I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it's now on like a one of these things. Before I had to like actually put it on the on on the desk. So now we can just leave it here. For those so of you on I'll audio, he just raised his mic arm into the camera. Yes, yes. <laughs> That, that's some good context there. <laughs> oh, that was a big improvement. Accessibility, right? <laughs> yeah. Accessibility. Yeah. Kev yeah. is looking downwards. <laughs> Kev with headphones on. We're going to narrate the rest of this. Yeah. Kev in an yeah, empty so... room with just a chair. Sorry, I'm, I'm done narrating now. <laughs> are you uh, are you the uh, the subtitles for, for movies? <laughs> you know, the, the square bracket ones? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Wind rustles, yeah. No, uh, but in in all seriousness, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was probably one of the the better felt summits, I'd say. Um, super nice talks. It went smooth, no issues other than the bots, and uh, yeah. Which uh, which talks did you guys like the most, Brittany? You can't pick your own. <laughs> I was just breathing a sigh of relief to get that one out and over with because the secret could not be kept anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite one was like uh, the motion one Penguin did, and yeah. there were a couple of really good ones. Yeah. And like, I, th I think for, for me, like there were a couple of ones that had really nice production value. So the monogram one was really nice. Oh, the raster? And yeah. Is that that yeah. one? Yeah. The one with the cool music in the background and the I got and chills. The animation. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It's really nice. And it also kind of stayed with the with the pink and super dark blue colors as well in a, in a way. But yeah, that one was good, but then also the the Bert uh the the one that Bert made, the one with the the, the excellent production values for the the opposite yes. reason. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was like so throwback funny. to the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, one was, was incredible. It was so good. Like, like I, I, I love the fact that he put on like the, like he actually filled himself sitting in the chair, and he like showed the chair, the chair as well, with the I've horrible green it. screen like yeah. shining through. <laughs> it was and scary. then he's like, keep keep looking back as well on the code that he like put put. Ah, oh, so good, so good. Well, so uh, if anyone's listening to this and you haven't seen. Felt Summit talks, you should definitely go check them out. Um, they'll be uploaded uh, uh, separately as well uh, starting next week. So that'll be fun. And yeah, uh, Anthony, which one Which one did you uh, did you like? Have you watched I them have, yet? You, you were pulled I have away, to admit, right? Yeah, I was away. So I have to admit, I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. Oh, no. I've been back to back since I was, was away. Uh, what was more important than Svelte Summit? Well, Not you know, I'm see offended. my parents... I only get to oh, see my parents about okay. three times a year right now, so I kind of had to take okay, a few fair enough. Well, Summit's only two times. <laughs> yeah, but no. Exactly. Right? I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything froze up then, so I missed the joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I can um, listen to the podcast and then I'll, I'll laugh privately. Yeah, the joke was basically <laughs> Svelte Summit only happens twice a year. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. True. I don't have a good comeback for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought yeah. the uh, the async store one is also pretty cool, and I like mm-hmm. definitely worth a rewatch. Um, and I think I was talking yeah. with you, Kevin, in the meatball, but like I'm curious how much of that is taken care of by Svelte, and then if there's anything that Svelte could do to make some of those patterns easier. Because um, yeah, yeah. So that that one was interesting to me. I felt like there were so many this time that I need to go back and watch to learn something. Like when I am in the right mind frame. Yeah, the the if custom store really one good. was was like I I think I zoned out like two thirds in, and I was like, no, I I'm not going to be able to to do this right now. My brain yeah. is full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of of meatball, what did you guys think? Was it was it fun? Yeah. I uh, I mean, so I'm I'm a natural introvert, so I was a little nervous going into it, like ah, meeting strangers. But yeah, I had a really good time. Um, met met two people and then started with a third, and then it abruptly stopped. Um, so I I don't know who they were. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. But yeah, they were I, complaining I, that great... about the abrupt ending. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was a bit short as well. I think we could have probably used some of the of the lunch break for that. But last time we we did that. People complained because they wanted to go actually have a break, mm-hmm. which makes yeah. sense. And it could but be too he, long at the too. same time. Like, yeah, you don't yeah. want it to be the other way. But yeah, I made a mistake. I saw the lunch break, and you said top of the hour, and so I was like planning to come back, and then someone came to work on my house, and I went outside, and this person was just super chatty, and oh, I'm no. like looking at my watch, I'm like, I gotta get back. And I got back in with like five minutes left. I met one person in Chicago and then it ended. And I was like, no, but it was great. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, uh, I guess we can explain what meatball is for those that don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's basically a, uh, uh, how would you describe it? Like a meeting service where you, you all go to this one link and then you get paired up one-on-one and you get to to chat on video with, some other attendees. So it's a super fun way to, to meet other people. I do want to use that again, definitely. And probably make it a bit longer, maybe like 10 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. And also I, I ask my friend, so my friend is the one that's been building this service. So that's what, that's why I get to use it for free. <laughs> that is <laughs> a really great. neat service. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've asked him to, to like build something that lets, lets the host end the session in a more, uh, how would you call it? Like a, a nicer way rather than just like turning it off for everyone. Yeah, like a 90 second countdown or something. Sorry, Anthony, what did you say? I was just saying, have you asked him to write it in Svelte? <laughs> I have. It's, and, there's, and a, there's a running like, uh, so the, the way it works is you, you get presented with like a question at the start that you're supposed to answer. And one of the questions was, uh, should uh, Meatball rewrite this in Svelte? Oh. Um, yeah. So we always put that one in because it's funny. <laughs> and actions. And he's going to... He, yeah, There's absolutely. a question about actions. actions. I'm like, oh, that I know who put that one in. <laughs> was me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the quiz. Oh, the quiz. I am still mad yeah. at you for like not picking developer experience. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was fun. I I actually threw it together pretty quickly, and I decided to not make it too serious. Um, so, but no one, no one got anything. I didn't realize we were picking your choices. I thought this was like in general, wow. like the community. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was objective. <laughs> nope. 
Well, it is objective from my point of view. <laughs> but I guess okay, it's the not. right answers. <laughs> exactly. That seems seems reasonable. Yeah. 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 I think that's it. Svelte Summit Fall is coming up. We did a like a raffle for people that bought tickets before before the conference ended. Uh, so one of those people get to to go to the speaker dinner, which is uh, cool. Did you choose uh, that yet? No, not yet. No. I was going to do it this week or next week. I, yes. I I don't feel like I'm in that much of a hurry to do that bit. I'm 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 thinking a bit about like how to do it transparently. What do you guys think? Should I just like do a, a live stream and just have the first names and then do a? I think that would be math a good dot promo random for it. Yeah, like have the site out once you release the site. And release the site and have like a big live stream where you're like, and this person's going to win, ticket it to the yeah. dinner. And yeah. That's a, that's a good idea. I'll do that. All right. Anything else? Or do you guys want to move into uh, unpopular opinions? I always want to move into unpopular opinions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead, Anthony. What's your? Well, I don't have any. I just, I just want to be there. That's just not true, and you know it. I mean, I know it. Everyone knows it. You just can't <laughs> come up with one at the at the moment. I just need, I exactly. just need a minute to read Twitter, and I'll, I'll gather a, a collection. <laughs> I filter I through them. I tried to do that because I didn't have one either, and so I was trying to go through Twitter to find. One. <laughs> <laughs> find the tweet with the worst ratio and be like, "This is my opinion. This is my, this is my <laughs> opinion, and I hold it dear." <laughs> Um, well, I, I, I do have one. Um, Excellent. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, so I, I touched on this a little bit already, but I think web components are cool. Oh, that is controversial. It, it, yeah, that is controversial. I think it's unpopular or popular depending on what community you're in. Um, nope, just unpopular. Yeah, yeah. no, but for, for the purpose of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I see <laughs> yeah. the criticisms against them. Uh, you know, do you know why it is, though? Do you know, do you know uh, why it's unpopular? Because the API it, stinks. It's because they're rubbish, yeah. Because the, oh, <laughs> rubbish. it's unpopular because it's not true. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I see the criticisms and I, you know, Rich Harris has made plenty of valid arguments. I don't think he's wrong about any of it. Um, but I just think, one, the idea of a component built into the web platform is cool. I wouldn't use them for everything, but I think they do have some valid use cases. Like I mentioned, yeah. Very compelling if you have a bunch of different frameworks and you need to deliver something that works in all of them. Even with the downsides, like that just has a lot of value not having to rewrite your component multiple times. Shadow DOM is tricky, but also it's also cool that you have something that can actually scope CSS completely, um, which then you have the problem that you've scoped your CSS completely, but uh, <laughs> still cool. Um, and then also I just think they're, they're neat for progressive enhancement. Um, you know, if you have a mostly HTML site and you just want to throw in that little bit of interactivity, um, a web component can be a great way to do that. And it lets you, you can even put them in Markdown because like it's an HTML tag. You don't have to use a MDX or MD specs. You can just throw a web component in there and it works. Yeah, so, I think I yeah. think like a lot of those were my reason for using Svelte because I didn't want to use web components. I also had to support i11 and stuff like that or whatever, it, yeah. wherever it wasn't supported. Um, but it was because I could just build a little thing in Svelte and then deploy that on its own as a function. Um, but it doesn't handle the styling, it doesn't handle the scoping of CSS. I mean, it does to an extent, but not not enough. Um, so yeah, I can see there's definitely use cases for them. Um, yeah, 
doesn't change my opinion that much. But I think they're cool. I just think the API is so horrible that no one wants to use them. And that's yeah. why Lit and some of the other things exist. Spelled well, yeah. I mean, is that one? Uh, or it might be one. But the, but the argument's all. always Stems that all. you need something else to build them, which for me is like, that kind of answers the question, are they good? No, because you need something else to build them for you anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's true, but well, the, the wrapper libraries aren't that big. Um, sure. Yeah. So I could argue then, Anthony, like, uh, is HTML bad because you need something no. else to build it? You don't. Like, you could just write HTML. Well, you you, you know what I mean. Like, I, 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 Yeah, I understand, but you could, I could happily write some stuff in vanilla JavaScript and HTML, right? Fair it's enough. not a problem. <laughs> um, I, I don't fancy writing a web component from scratch because I've seen the API and it's it's big. Yeah. And unwieldy. All right. I've never actually uh, tried tried my hand at writing uh, one without any. Uh, I don't think a lot help. of people write them from scratch. Um, no. And that should be a big sign, right? I. Uh, mm. Yeah. Exactly. You can't write them from scratch. They're just too, too much. It's too much. I uh, came up with an unpopular opinion. I remembered one. So I listened to this felt radio podcast with the other rich, the rich Harris, mm-hmm. who mentioned <laughs> something about the jam stack at the end that kind of got my gears turning. And yeah. I think the jam stack is still valid. It's still cool. And I think the community is thriving there and we are becoming better and evolving with the web. So I think there's still validity to the jam stack. And it may be unpopular because of the Rich Harris love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, actually I like remember Jam. what you said. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I think uh, I think Jamstack is just a, a website with a cool name. Just a website with a cool name. Well, I think yeah. because it started out as this static like thought that it had to be static generated that now that it's evolving with the web and becoming more hybrid, but it's become more like this serverless functions, putting things out on the edge. I think that's becoming more of what the Jamstack is. And yeah. I still think there's room there. Yeah, I guess time will tell. <laughs> I'm sure there's room. There, I mean, there's room for WordPress on the web. So uh, Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I don't see it dying. Just no. evolving. WordPress <laughs> is growing. I don't even yeah. understand how WordPress is still growing. Oh, that's my that's my unpopular opinion. <laughs> you found it. <laughs> I that's got one. It. It's it. And it's and my yeah, can I say my unpopular opinion now? Yes, go for it. So my unpopular opinion is that the only the only use case for WordPress is for building a blog. And the reason I say this is because I can see that WordPress is used in many places because what will happen is somebody will come and approach a freelancer or whatever um, and they'll say I need a WordPress site and that freelancer will go I can do that for you I have WordPress skills I'll build this site on WordPress the solution the, the freelancer is not being offered a problem to solve they're being offered a solution they're being handed a technical solution i.e. WordPress by a non-technical person WordPress is a blogging platform it can do like sites landing pages applications you name it, it can do whatever if you're happy with whatever being just shoehorning stuff into a blogging platform and trying to hide all the stuff that makes it a blogging platform, such as the stupid search categories, dates and times, authors, all that stuff, right? Technically anything can be an anything. If you are happy to spend time overriding all the stuff that makes it the kind of 
the thing that it is in the first place. But ultimately, WordPress is a blogging platform. And my controversial opinion is that WordPress should only be used for blogs. I don't know and if that's should not... Have... I don't well, even it's... know if you should use it for blogs. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's another story. Like, I agree there's definitely better blogging platforms now too. But if somebody comes to me and this, the answer is WordPress, then they've asked me for a blog. For anything else, there are sites that can be built with with limited skills even using many of the uh, different available things there are today. I think that the problem is non-technical people come with technical solutions because they've heard that that's what they need. And it's absolutely the, the freelancer or whoever it's going to be, the company, the agency, it's their job to say, your problem is this, you're trying to solve X and the solution is Y, not the solution is WordPress, let's build a WordPress site. And I think that's why it's absolutely everywhere on the internet is because people aren't pushing back and saying, how about you let me deal with the technical side and you know I'll solve your problems. I think there's also the uh, another reason, and that's the the authoring experience. I mean, there are other the options for it, but people are used to it. Probably is yes, yes. Say. There's familiar, there's familiarity. There's there's a yeah. lot of things like that. But I think again, that familiarity has grown from uh, using it for things that it's not designed. It was never originally designed to be. I don't believe that all these people who are familiar to maintain their landing pages with WordPress are familiar because they used to have blogs in 1998. I just don't believe that, right? Right, no, yeah. They're, yeah. they're used to sites that have been built with WordPress as their botch job CMS, and they're happy to carry on botch jobbing their website with it because they're institutionalized. So my unpopular opinion is that the new uh, authoring experience in WordPress it's probably not as bad as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> is the HTML outputs as bad as I think? Because I think it is. I, I don't know. I, I was I bet just it making is. a bad joke. I love how all of this came out of Jeff's because he was the only one with an unpopular opinion and then we all just riffed off that. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, is, is yeah, the Spelt Summit the site actually built on WordPress? Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> no oh, comment. <laughs> no, it's actually open source. You can actually go uh, check it out. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's a regular old Svelkit site, and it uses yeah, Sessionize as the uh, as the backend or well, the API for CFPs and uh, stuff. You know, you know, the WordPress WordPress people built the Ghost CMS as well, right? Like they 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 were all PHP developers, and they decided to try their hand at Node and. They built. I did not. Go, know that. I think. I think it's called Ghost. I, I believe. Yeah. I understand that's why. Yeah, anyway, and you can tell it's kind of been written by a team who didn't know JavaScript at the level they needed to when they wrote it. It's a big monolith. It's really, really hard to manage. It's really hard to host. Uh, they ripped out the only good feature was that you could install it as a Node module, and they deprecated that. So now you've got to have a full site running on Ghost, which is a blogging platform. Um, it's, you it's, really it's seem to dislike painful. blogging platforms. I like blogging platforms if I have a blog. <laughs> yeah. right? They're the perfect yeah. platform, in fact, <laughs> oddly enough. All right. Yeah, cool. So we have our we have our unpopular picks out of the way. Um, unpopular picks. And, and we're into popular picks, yes. Popular picks, okay. Yeah. We'll rename I'll section. go first. I'll go first. So I'm super excited because yesterday I went to a concert for the first time in years. So I got to see uh, a band called uh, the Wombats. They're they're like a indie pop, Brit pop kind of uh, band. Pretty good. I like them. 
And uh, the venue, oh, I really like the venue. They had boomer seats. So that's basically seats in the back where old people like me can sit and have a beer <laughs> while all the young kids stand in the, stand in the front and yell, you know, super nice. So you got, and, and they were even elevated. So you could see like everything. Oh, oh it was, nice. it was just the best. I had such a blast. Did you say it was outside or is it inside? Didn't you? No, so it was inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty small venue. It's like, I'm sure there are lots of venues that has boomer seats, but, <laughs> but you're thinking well, it kind of sitting makes down sense, at a right? concert. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm that not like one sense. of the, I'm not like one of those people that, that get crazy at concerts, you know, the type, I guess there are multiple types and not, nothing there. against those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing against those people. I'm just not one of them. All right. So that's my pick. Concerts. Yeah. Go to them. After COVID, it's very nice. Nice. Um, my pick is house cleaners. We just had cleaners come back to our house for the first time in two and a half years, however long it's been. And it is so nice to just walk around and everything is clean. And I did not have to do it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that, that. that saves a lot of time. It right. saves so much time. And they were here like four hours and it would have taken me like 10 to do the level of cleaning yeah. or more. I don't know. Professionals and, are so efficient. They are. Yes. Yeah. My only knit at them is that they didn't put things back the way they were. So like our shower heads, they left on our arm, like the body sprayer. Oh, yeah. It flooded my bathroom. My kid turned it on and it was just spraying with the arm out into the bathroom. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so that's my only like bad part, but just I make mean, sure so your stuff's back. <laughs> I, I do like house cleaning. I think it's a. I think having a cleaner is a great service. But I do have to say that they broke my sink, they broke my plug hole in my bath, they destroyed my slippers. My my cleaner used to wear my slippers <laughs> what, what while she cleaned. On? What? I don't. I don't know. There's there's a longer story there somewhere, but we haven't got time today. Um, Maybe an unpopular opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's like an unpopular opinion. My wife now will not have a cleaner, and so that's the problem because <laughs> I'm not cleaning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to clean. <laughs> All right, that is a problem. Though. Oh, my other pick is uh, the developer experience blog that Sarah Drasner wrote. And if you've ever wondered what developer experience or relations or advocate, what any of that means, this does a great job of explaining that and how it works at Nellify. And they do like engineering rotation so that you keep up on your like technical skills. And I think it's a really good explanation of that, which has confused a lot of people. Yeah, it's a uh... Developer avocados is, is the term I use because it's more fun. Yeah, avocados. It's also why why people use the avocado emoji for advocates. Yep. Ah. Yeah. All right. Jeff, Anthony, do you so guys have My one? pick is uh, video game music, which is what I listen to all the time while coding. Um, it's great. It's instrumental. There's a lot of variety, a lot of strong melodies. Um, so that is my go-to coding music. Uh, in particular, I've been listening to a lot uh, the soundtrack to Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, like most things, it's not a game I've played, but it makes great uh, coding music. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's cool. Huh? Okay. I don't think I've heard that. I'm going yeah. to have a listen. Um, right, my Anthony. pick is is definitely the weirdest one then, as usual. Um, my pick is I have really bad hay fever. Um, I have like industrial strength prescription medication for it, which this year for some reason hasn't really worked. Um, so I'm still industrial suffering quite a lot. Industrial strength. 
<laughs> well, it's like it's like the the de facto H1 inhibitor, whatever you call it. It's yep. It's, yep. it's strong and it should really solve everything, but it doesn't quite. Um, I'm sure it's making an improvement, but the red light device, which is very odd if you've never seen one before, um, it uses red light therapy. So that what it means is it fires like red light up your nose or your nasal passages, which in itself can suppress the cells that cut, that create histamine. So you become less allergic. Some years I just use this and it solves it once in the morning, once at night, two minutes each time. And it just solves my hay fever. And it's one of those things that I thought there's no way this works, but I was desperate. I was like, I'm going to buy this thing. And, and it does actually work some by some magic. And it's also kind of, I'll demonstrate because no one can see this, but it's like Rudolph. Oh, that, that sounds scary and funny at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Someone it's very, it's that. very odd. <laughs> yeah. So, so Anthony, for, for those of you just listening, I guess that's everyone. Anthony yeah. just, uh, pushed like some weird thing with two plugs up his nose and it and turned it on and, and it turned red. it on my nose goes red shown red yeah <laughs> rudolph it's like, like rudolph. rudolph yeah like rudolph <laughs> so yeah it's one of those things that just bizarrely works um and i don't i just can't explain that's it cool nice at least it works all right sometimes yeah cool we did it with three minutes to spare Ooh, um, we did. Ooh. yeah uh jeff thanks for coming on Welcome yeah. back anytime. It was and, great to be uh, here. Yeah, um, I guess uh, I guess we'll uh, see 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 you, hear you, all of the other listeners next time. <laughs> I've I've forgotten how to how to end a podcast. So uh, well, <laughs> goodbye everyone. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Later. Bye. Bye.